Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey! 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 hey. 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 hey.
I'm, I'm sharing this story for everyone because opportunity literally with, without crazy hard work or sweat or putting in insane hours, opportunity can come to you. I have written down the goal every single day for this year and last year that I will do $256 million a year in revenue by 2026. I've written it down. I've gotten criticized. I've gotten, you know, people roll their eyes at me, say they think that's crazy. At the beginning of this year, I wrote down this year, I will do $8.7 million this year. Guys, I, 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 I have no experience running a business. The thing I've experienced in is setting goals, writing them down every freaking day, repeating them to myself every freaking day. And long story short, this year will end when this deal, when these two deals are done and the shareholder agreements are done, and I will be exceeding my annual revenue target this year because of these two transactions. Well, exceeding it, um, far exceeding it. And all year, all year, I felt like, ah, man, this is a stretch goal. Ah, there's no way. I literally didn't even believe the goal was going to happen. Right? I just sat there. I just kept writing it down every single day, every single day. I do X in revenue. 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 I do X. Anytime I failed, anytime I got slapped in the face by the market, anytime it didn't work out the way I planned, I do X in revenue. I do X in revenue. I have X employees. I have X employees. I do X in revenue. I do X in revenue. Anytime I lost, every morning, every evening, I do, right? And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, this isn't even real. This, how, how is, I can't make that many sales. We don't have the team, right? And then two opportunities within a seven day time window present themselves. Now, I'm sharing this because had I not had the goal my reticular activating system, my brain would have not been open to the opportunity, right? Had these two opportunities presented themselves and my goal was, well, A, if I didn't have a goal or B, my goal was low, my brain wouldn't have made sense of how to acquire these two companies. I, it, it wouldn't even have processed it. I've never even, I've never, I've never in, I, I've, I've invested in stocks before. I've never bought a business before. Like, I, don't, I didn't even know the first thing about it. But these things were placed in front of me because I was ready for it to be placed in front of me. So I just want to share this story. You know, it has nothing to do with me, you know, having some superpower or anything. It's something every single person here today can do. And that's get reattached to the goals and the faith is not always going to be there. And that's actually a sign that you're setting the right size goals. Like if you believe the goal is completely like easy for you and, and you don't have self-belief problems towards it, the goal is probably not big enough. So if the goal is like you go to bed at night questioning, is this goal real? Am I a fraud? Like, is this even a real thing or am I just saying it to feel good or 
as a quote unquote stretch goal to, I don't know, you know, positive self-talk. If you're not having thoughts like that, where you're behind the goals you're setting, the goals aren't big enough. Now, the second piece of this is, are the actions you're taking matching the goal? The subconscious mind will filter out things that they call BS on, right? So if you set this goal and you're in your actions every day, like for example, saying, I am X body X percent body fat. I am X percent body fat. And you're eating Doritos all day and laying on the sofa. Eventually your subconscious mind is going to discard that thought. Thoughts that are emotionalized attach thoughts that are not emotionalized do not attach. So having a shallow affirmation, like I am X, I am X, the best way to emotionalize where you intend to go is action, 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 action. What? What did I say? Go ahead. Unmute everyone right now. Yes. Right. Because action teaches the human brain that your affirmations are real. So <clears throat> you can go, you could go eight months. Now here's the thing. Mental action counts, right? When Warren Buffett's investing in companies, you know, he spends eight, you know, six to eight hours a day reading because that's his business. Reading is essential to looking around corners to be a very, very, you know, aggressive investor when it comes to the size of transactions he's doing he's got to know the financial statements the prospectus the you know everything about the companies he's investing in so that is a form of action when you're investing in yourself like these 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 things that are that are going on right now these two uh, acquisitions um you know i i remember a year and a half ago I read a book on how <laughs> it's so funny. I read, I read a book from a very interesting character who I won't mention, um, on how to acquire companies. And I read the book and didn't ever revisit it again for 18 months or, you know, about 18 months or so, 18 to 24 months. So in the back of my mind, I thought it was a waste of time. Like I thought, okay, I read this book on how to acquire companies and it probably was a waste of time. But as Steve Jobs said in his Stanford commencement uh, address, he said, you can't connect the dots looking backward or you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only keep the dots in your life looking backwards. So when he took that calligraphy class and he needed to create the typeface for Apple computers, he didn't know that calligraphy class was going to be used when he was creating the sans serif typeface for Apple. Right. He didn't know that that, you know, that calligraphy class was going to be used at the moment. He was just doing it because he was interested. Right. So I'm sharing with everyone that, like, no matter where you're at right now, 
just know you're investing in yourself in some way. And when an opportunity presents itself, the less information you have, the less likely you're going to be to take advantage of that opportunity. So this should make you go, this should make all of us fall into a perpetual information absorption state, a perpetual information absorption state, right? We're constantly a sponge. We're like, what can I learn here? What can I learn here? Who could I learn from? What book can I learn? Every single problem you have is in a book. Like there, there is not any problem that has not already been addressed in a book. So the answers are there, right? It's not, we don't have an information problem, especially in today's day and age, which is known as the information age. Like there is no information lack, right? So there's this funny thing, you know, there's this guy who's worth um, a couple hundred million dollars. He runs one of the largest law firms in the United States who I'm close friends with. And he basically said, I could give someone, I remember him saying this to me. He was like, I could give someone the playbook on how I built a $200 million law firm. I could give that playbook to a hundred people, but what makes the difference between the one of the hundred people I hand my playbook to, what makes the separator, what makes the difference between the one of those hundred that's gonna do something with it and the 99 that are gonna make excuses. We could blame it on God-given talent, right? We could just say it's, you know, oh, the person who's the most talented would do it. Right. We could say that it's uh, luck. Maybe there's a timing thing. Maybe they were in the right place at the right time. Right. But the truth is this life is not fair. Okay. There are people born with disabilities for their entire life. That is not fair. They did not choose that. There are people born into extremely abusive families. That is not fair. Okay, life is not fair. Let's get over fairness and let's go and make our lives fair. Let's, let's, let's strive towards that. Let's actually go embrace what we were born with, embrace what we were born into, and use that as fuel. Right? Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So what does that mean? It, it essentially means we all are starting with a blank canvas, right? We all have, we all are naked, as Steve Jobs said. So I want to talk about criticism. Like, 
How many times have you been criticized in the last 60 days? For most of you, it's zero. Seven billion people on the planet and zero is probably the answer for most people. What does that show? There's a problem in two areas. A, no one knows you. Or B, you're not speaking your voice when you do get known by people. Bro, my team hates me right now, bro. <laughs> Going to this event, dude, they, they hate me. Yesterday, Brandon's been with me for over a decade, dude. And I was like, I've never seen you at this level. He was like, bro, this is, this is too much, man. It's too much. I'm like, perfect. I got you right where I want you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That means you're pushing people, right? So yesterday, um, you know, I, I freaked out at my team yesterday a little bit for in the morning um, when we got to the office. I individually called everyone that I freaked out at and um, apologized um, last night. But that but my job is to ruffle feathers. My job is to push people's limits. My purpose, which I, I just wrote down this morning is my purpose is to upgrade 1 billion people's belief systems by pushing myself and others to the edge of our circle of competency and into our gift. I write that down every day. My purpose in nowhere in there does it say to be liked, right? My purpose is to upgrade belief systems. My purpose is to upgrade 1 billion belief systems. So there's no nowhere in there it does it say that you know I need to be polite. I'm sure I can work on that, right? What is your purpose and are you willing to die for it? Like Will Smith says in that in that uh really motivational uh YouTube video where he's like most people aren't willing to die for what they believe in. Therefore, what they believe in fades, right? and doesn't actually have that. So you need to be getting criticized, right? And you need to turn it up to a point where the criticism turns to respect, right? And the criticism is not because you're trying to be, you know, have sex appeal and get attention because of the, no, it's because you're being your authentic self. You're saying the things that you believe on a repetitive basis. The next thing is new problems, new problems, new problems, new problems. There's a lot of 10x theories right here. New problems. How frequently are you being delivered new problems? This is the success secret, like in so many ways. Show me your list of new problems you haven't solved before, and I'll show you how fast you're growing in your life. Right. Think about it. You know, I, I've heard from a mentor before when when you're super busy. Most people try to remove stuff from their plate. Most people try to take things off their calendar and da 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 and and simplify their life. Uh, I don't know about that. I think you need to be a maniac about everything first. And second, like, I think you need to add stuff to the calendar when you're busy. It's, it's precisely the best time 
to add stuff to the calendar is when you're the busiest. Because if you're busy, that means opportunity is flowing to you. So you're needed in that opportunity flow, right? Add something to the calendar, add a new commitment, add a new fitness thing, add a new diet thing, add a new, you know, buying a business, add a new, uh, you know, revenue stream, add a, you know, become an investor and invest in the stock market, invest in real, you know, make, taking action on top of your current circumstance is actually the best way to deal with feeling busy or feeling overwhelmed. Because as soon as this is a huge thing I learned is from a, you know, a, a mentor of mine is like, how do you divorce the old friends that are not serving you anymore in a, in a polite and respectable way? I asked, I asked him and he said, you don't, you have so, you have so much new opportunity coming in that naturally they, there's no place for them anymore. So for example, you're, you know, this weekend you're going on a yacht with a billionaire. Okay. And they text you and like, Hey, you want to hang out and, you know, uh, watch the football game? You're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm actually going on a yacht with a billionaire this weekend in Dubai. <laughs> like they, they can't even relate to that. Right. So it's the new opportunity that constructs your social circle, your social circle. It's the new opportunity that constructs your new to do list. And it's a new opportunity that lets you get that stuff off of your calendar. That's not serving you any longer. So the commitment cleanses you of the lower value things that you're doing every week. Right? So new problems, let's talk about this. What are new problems? Okay. New problems are you hitting another level of growth in your life. Let's say you get promoted to a new position, right? Now you're, instead of being in charge of yourself, you're in charge of a team of five. New problems, right? The new problem there is you transition from personal performance to team performance. It's not about you performing alone anymore. It's about the team performing. That's a new set of problems. How quick are new problems happening for you in your life? Okay. You amp up the fitness requirements you set for yourself in the morning. Okay. New problems. You're probably going to be more sore. You're probably going to have to eat more calories to stay at maintenance. So you don't gorge yourself by uh, being in a calorie deficit. You're probably gonna have to hydrate yourself more. New problems, right? So think about this in your life. New problems is a sign that you're hitting another level of growth. Identity crises are a sign of new problems. As we've, as we've grown our business, I have identity crises every, I don't know, three months. It's a good thing. I, if I'm not having an identity crisis, I'm not having an identity upgrade. Because crisis forces an upgrade. Human beings re respond to pain much more rapidly than they do to anything else. You need to feel some pain. It's called a forcing function. I asked this guy who scaled a business to $40 million in like just a few years, what's the difference? 
and he said it's a forcing function. I, I was like, what does that even mean? A forcing function? He was, he was like, basically, raise necessity. That's how Brendan Burchard puts it. Raise necessity. How do you raise necessity? You invest. So let's say you hire five people for your dream. You, you, you recruit five people that help you make your dream come true, right? Well, hiring people for your dream, for your vision, getting people on your team is the, is the highest threshold of raising necessity. It, when you are supporting other people's livelihoods because of your vision, there is no responsibility greater than that. Think about that. A second way to raise that, raise that necessity, right, is spending more money on marketing. This creates pain, creates a forcing function. Forcing function is like this. If you don't have a forcing function in your life, that means your back's not up against the wall. When your back is up against the wall, if you are a human being on planet Earth, okay, and your back is up against the wall, chances are, chances are the best you is going to come out. Because human beings, if you are alive right now on this planet, there's like a one, one in a trillion, trillion, trillion chance, I don't even know what the number is, that you are even alive. That means, in essence, your DNA right now is already a fighter. It's been through eons of whatever, how humans became the, what they are today. Think about that. You already have strong DNA. Your DNA is already fighting. Your DNA fought because its back was up against the wall. 80% of our habits, 80% of our dispositions, I should say, under the surface, you know, they call Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the, the below the iceberg section, the things we're not aware of, 80% of these things were formed during the ice age. Pain, back up against the wall, species dying this whole cold front comes across earth humans back was up against the wall this is where we developed our amygdala response to a sophisticated level to be able to detect threats saber-toothed tigers short-faced bears this is how it was during the ice age then in a rapid revolution we came out of the ice age and now we're in a concrete jungle a techno, a, a techno concrete jungle, right? So our brains actually work best if our back is up against the wall is my point. If your back's not up against the wall for your goals, you're probably not going to reach them as quickly as you thought. You got to put your back up against the wall. This is why some people say go broke. Spend all the money that you have. Because it is a forcing function. If I've invested all the money, I have to make it work. There is no choice. This is why I don't agree with plan B. Get your side hustle to pay you. you know, And then once your side hustle exceeds your day-to-day -day income, then quit the day-to-day -day job. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I have never followed that advice. My gut tells me to do something. 
I do it without a plan. Now, I'll figure it out after I've committed way faster, way faster than trying to micromanage my way to create an income stream that I can eventually have exceed something. There is no plan B. You're competing on a planet with 7 billion people. They're, like it, As soon as you're focused on plan B, everyone else who's maniacally obsessed with plan A will zoom past you. There's too many p- people willing to go into plan A, plan A1, plan A2, plan A3, plan A4, plan A5. See the difference? <laughs> it's all plan A. Plan A is going to happen. There's just plan A1, plan A version 2, plan A version 3. There is no plan B. Remove plan B. What's the target? 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 It's way more fun to remove plan B, by the way. On the other side of fear lies a skill. When you feel fear, that's your body telling you there's a skill here that you need to learn. That's your body telling you personal development, alert, alert, personal development is about to happen. Be aware. Be ready. Think about that. What if you rewire your relationship to fear? It's not about not feeling fear. It's actually about feeling it more frequently to the point where you become desensitized to it. I've said this before, but Elon Musk, when asked, how are you so fearless? He said, I'm actually not fearless. I feel fear quite strongly, but I act in spite of the fear, he said in an interview with Y Combinator. It's not about not feeling fear. That's why when people are like, I'm not scared, I'm not scared. You ever hear people say that? I'm I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I always roll my eyes. I'm like, I'm scared. My my life depends on this. You know, yesterday when I when I freaked out at my team, you know, they were all pissed at me because I, I basically, what they said, I, I made a mountain out of a molehill, right, which I tend to do sometimes, because my eyes are, are wide open. Like, if you look at my eyes throughout the majority of a workday, they're like, you can't even see my eyelids. They're like, I'm like, well, okay, what could go wrong? 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 I mean, that, that's a better approach than, I'm not scared. It's all good. I'm not scared. <laughs> no, my life depends on this. I am scared, and I'm excited, and I have a, a target that's been set. Bring it all on. Bring on the fear. Bring on the target. Bring on the excitement. Let's have all those emotions all in one place, and then let's use them as fuel. Tim Grover calls this the dark side. What, what he means when he talks about the dark side, this is the coach, uh, the uh, personal trainer of uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, um, et cetera. He talks about leveraging the dark side. It's, it's, it's taking any negative emotion, any vice you have, and, and letting that brew within you as like this, 
as not something you avoid, but more so as fuel, as like this diesel fuel that like that just drives you forward. Right? So think about that. Because the alternative is to let your fears destroy you, let your fears hold you back. So back up against the wall. Most of you, when you did, when, for example, go back to a time when you joined a new job, right? Or, or you, did, you, you did a new, uh, you went to business for the first time. You went through exponential growth. You already did this. When you went from zero, the effort it takes to go from zero to $100 in income, that is exponential. That is off the charts exponential. You're going from zero to a hundred. Think about that. Dollars. Going from nothing to anything is what's called a quantum leap. So in biology, when cells multiply uncontrollably, they go through what's called a quantum leap, right? In our lives, we go through quantum leaps, but we don't give ourselves credit for it because it's too small. We started a new job. We started a new business. We went from zero to a million. We went from zero to two million. We went from zero to 500,000. We went from zero to 100,000. We went from zero to 50,000. You did this before. You felt a little pit in your stomach, anxiety. You felt alive. Your back was up against the wall. You had to make this work. And then what happened? Your survival needs get met and everything changes. As soon as a human being's survival needs get met, right? You're literally fighting against your brain. Your brain wants to protect you. Remember, it comes from the ice age. The brain's looking out for threats. The brain's looking out to preserve the human apparatus. So now this is where your vision for the future has to exceed your puny little emotions. Because emotions are very different than gut feeling, right? Emotions are there to protect you. Gut feeling is there to explode you into the universe to your full potential. Separating emotions and gut feeling is one of the best arts you could ever do. Hmm, is this just false fear? That's an emotion. Or is this my purpose? And am I and, and am I excited about it? And am I just feeling this in my stomach? Because this is a gut feeling. This is what I'm supposed to do. I should do this right now. Right? back up against the wall. So the next version of back up against the wall is the best way to do it is through investing. The proportion of a business's growth is the the rate of business growth is in direct proportion to how much you invest in that business. It's really that simple. That's why you notice a lot of people who build big companies, they ain't distracted doing it. They're not doing like, you know, crypto investing and and all this other crap on the side. They're maniacally focused and they're probably going to miss huge opportunities. 
the crazy, maniacal, obsessively focused people. They're going to feel like, oh, man, I probably missed out on crypto. Oh, man, I probably missed out on Tesla stock. You know, could have been a millionaire there. Oh, I could have missed out on this. Could... And that fear of missing out distracts you. Most people would be better off focusing on one thing, turning that into its full potential, and then going into ancillary things. Three phases of investment. How do you, in, if a business grows and your income grows in direct proportion to what you invest in it, right? Think about it. What are the three investments? Invest in yourself, invest in the business, invest in investments that produce cash flow. Those are the three tiers of investment. When you're just getting started, you have to invest in yourself. I mean, this is literally the most brilliant <laughs> three-pronged investing framework I've ever found. Those of you who have seen a catapult of success in your life went through a period of investing in yourself. Maybe you're buying courses. You were absorbing information from people. You were like, I got to learn this. I got to learn this. I got to learn this. Right? I remember when I started my first sales job, I bought, uh, you know, I, I, had I had like no money in my bank account. This is my first job, my first legitimate job. Prior to that, I was working in an insurance company. Um, and I got an opportunity to work for a multi-billion dollar advertising conglomerate called yellowpages.com. And they had this whole digital division. They wanted me to come in and sell the digital product. No sales experience. First week in the job, I had no money in my bank account. I got a Discover card, credit card. I went 5K, $5,500 in debt. And I bought Cardone University, um, sales training university. And I was so scared. My mom thought I was crazy. She was like, why would you, what? Why would you spend 5,500 bucks on this if you have no money? Little did she know, my goal was to make $400,000 in my first year at my first job at like 20, early 20s. Um, and, you know, I wrote down every day. Again, I make $400,000 year one. I make $400,000 year one. I win the leaderboard. I, I'm number one sales rep in the company. I win the leaderboard. I'm number one sales rep in the company. I make $400,000 collected. I make $400,000. So? When, when the upside is clear, investing a little puny 5,500 don't matter. 5,500 to make 400? Give me that investment all day. Let me get some mic flashes if you spend five grand, okay, to get $400,000 yes. in the bank. Let's Absolutely. go. Right? But we don't believe in the upside. Thank you for all the mic flashes, my friends. We got some investors in here. Okay, so think about this, right? If the upside's not clear, of course you're not going to invest. This is why, like, when, when Bri Brielle and I were um, uh, talking last night, I was, like, talking about kind of how do you double your sales in, in 30 days. And the first thing I went to is you got to do the upside math, right? You got to create an Excel sheet on where – where will your revenues be? Where will your income be? Then when you look at the expense line items, it's puny. It's nothing. Right? Compared to where you're going. Right? So I, I invested 5,500 in the, in, in the sales training program. 
18 months. I won number one sales rep in the company out of like 2,800 sales reps, won president's club and collected $265,000 in my first job in my early twenties. I didn't make the $400,000 goal. <laughs> I'm happy I didn't make the goal because I learned everybody. I told, I told everyone in my sales team, I'm going to make 400 grand guys. I had this guy, Michael, literally mock me. He printed out photos of me like in the office and like was literally mocking me. And, and it was like, I was so focused. It was the first time in my life that criticism didn't get to me. I remember it. Like I was in the office. I had all of these cold call scripts pasted all over my desk. I mean, literally every single part of the sales interaction, uh, uh, inbound call, uh, objection handlers, closing lines, like everything you could imagine was paste, like had little thumb, uh, um, the, the thumb pricker things on like a corporate desk all across my desk. Every single objection you could imagine was, was printed out there. I learned this from someone named Derek Lipsky who does real estate sales. Um, and I basically was watching his videos. He had this whole call room with all these scripts up, right? So I stopped what I was doing. I printed out everything I learned from the Cardone University and every single call I did, I had all of my objections up there. I had this guy taking pictures of me, like mocking me. And of course, within a week, <laughs> he was gone. Or, or within like, you know, a month or, or a month and a half or so, he was gone. And I was soaring up the leaderboards. So then all of a sudden, I started realizing, you know, I kept telling people, I'm going to make 400000 I'm going to make 400000 at my first job. And... The, a select group of people who wanted to hit the next level, regardless of age, regardless of where they were at, the top sales rep, especially his name's Chad Lauer. He was before I came, he was the number one rep. I think he still beat me in net business. I beat him in new business. So I was number one in new business. And, um, uh, but regardless, Chad Lauer was like, Hey man, let's get some lunch together. He was like, I love what you're doing. I love the big goals. Like you, you've inspired me to set bigger goals. So I started learning. If you, if you speak up about your goals, the people who are pre-motivated, they'll, they'll want to spend time with you. Who the heck wants to spend time with someone with small goals and no, no desire to improve. So uh, fast forward to, after I won president's club and, and was number one sales rep and I quit immediately after, cause I realized I didn't believe in what I was selling and I had to start my own business. Um, I, I remember the day I quit my, <laughs> this is the ultimate role reversal. Um, my, my sales manager who was always kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek with me and until I started making him the best sales manager in the company, then everything changed. And, um, you know, he laughed at me in the interview when I said I wanted to make 400 grand, by the way. And the day I quit, he said, I told him I was starting my own business. And he said to me, hey, Bill, just, uh, you know, keep me in mind when you're ready for a, uh, for a sales leader. <laughs> when, when I left the company, I was like, at this point, I didn't even have a business concept or idea. But he saw the power of a maniacal, obsessive, crazy person behind a goal that he would not let go of, right? So this comes full circle from what we talked about in the beginning. 
And it's a concept I had hit on before, which is goal attachment. Goal attaching. Are you sleeping with the goal? Are you waking up with the goal? Are you writing it down? Or is it, is it haunting you at night? If not, you're probably not attached to it. You only need a handful of these types of goals. Like you can't have 50 goals that you're attached to, right? So the real problem, we talk about criticism, we talk about new problems, we talk about back, back up against the wall, right? We got to talk about average, right? I mean, average is the death kiss. So we talk about once your survival needs are met, it's hard to keep going into an exponential growth curve. New reasons, new problem. When you get started, it's survival driving you, right? Whatever your living expenses are, you probably want to triple that, right? You want to, okay, I want to live X quality of life, which costs, you know, 50 grand a year to live this life with rent and all this other stuff. And I want to make three times that, 150,000 a year. The reasoning to get to 150 grand to meet your survival needs or 3x them has to change when you're going from 150 to 1.5 million. True or false? Think about this. True. Dang right. Different reasons. Why am I going to go to this next level? Right? What? What? It's got to be something other than survival needs at that point. This is where you got to tap into deep recesses of your mind from your childhood and from your past. So at this point, like when you get to that level where you're, where you're surpassing like a multi-million dollar mark, which I'm sure everyone here wants because it used to be called the Millionaire Breakfast. Oh, I guess it still is. It's called the Millionaire Breakfast Club. So Millionaire is in the title of the Breakfast with Champions Club. Okay. It's different reasons. Okay. So you got to tap into other motivating forces. So for me, I didn't know this. Like when I, when I first was successful at the sales job, I didn't know that my family going bankrupt and me walking in on my dad with another woman and our whole, everything we own getting repossessed because my dad was not able to get through the 2008 recession with his paving company and he contracted when the market got shaky, causing us to go fully bankrupt. I didn't know that that was why I was so pre-motivated to build a real business when I started my company. So I held this seven figure round table yesterday with, um, we had a couple hundred people doing over seven figures in business yesterday. Um, on, on this webinar that I held and we were asking the question, how did you grow your business was kind of the question. And a lot of people say stuff like, you know, you, you see these big tech founders and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, it just was all luck. It just seemed like, uh, everything just fell into place. You know, I'm lucky. Jeff Bezos says, dude, that guy is a maniac. He ain't just lucky. He is, he is, it, you didn't have to get into cloud computing. You didn't have to get into Amazon web services. You didn't have to get into every single product. You could have just stuck with books if it was luck. If it was, oh, we just were right place, right time. 
Heck no. That's 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 these people on camera trying to pretend as though there's some, you know, uh, some some, you know, uh, a reluctant hero is the character, as they call it in marketing. The reluctant hero. Oh, you know, we just do the right thing for our clients and everything spiraled out of control. And we just naturally hired, uh, you know, a half million people in, in the course of a few years, you know, just naturally hired a half million people. You know, it, it was all natural. Okay. No, it's not natural. Okay. Facebook was not Facebook when it was Facebook originally, if that makes any sense. Like Facebook had to go through multiple iterations when it was a desktop only, uh, when it was primarily desktop, they had to go through an entire recoding of the Facebook site to make it work for mobile. That's not luck. That's not, that's conscious decision. So when I started my business, like I pre-planned, here's what we're going to do in revenue for the next decade in an Excel spreadsheet. I refuse to lower the target. And the reason I did that is because I'm scarred from when my family went bankrupt. I'm scarred from everything we own getting repossessed. I'm scarred from my dad holding a gun to his head and almost taking his own life as a result of this while he was on the phone with me, which I got a photo of. After the fact, he was facing the woods in this house in New York, and he almost took his own life because of our family business going bankrupt because it wasn't a real business. So that's why I'm motivated to build a real business. That's a different motivating force than a selfish little need to have my take-home income exceed X level so I can live my quality of life. Like the same thing applies, the survival needs applies to your deficiencies. When I suffered from anxiety disorder, which was traumatic at one point in my life, I mean, formally diagnosed with anxiety disorder after this whole bankruptcy happened and, you know, my, my family got a divorce and uh, everything we went through in a very short window and everything getting repossessed and my dad almost committing suicide and I found my mom's suicide note in, in my computer room. It's something I've never told anyone um, when I was younger. Um, but regardless, like, you know, all of this stuff builds up, right? And like in that moment, right, when all this builds up, you have a choice. And I chose to feel traumatic levels of anxiety. So when I went through the anxiety, I, you know, I was talking to a psychologist, psychiatrist, all this stuff. They gave me antidepressants. It was terrible. It was the worst phase of my entire life. I remember I had this insight one day, and it's the same thing with the survival needs. I remember when I was overcoming anxiety, I wrote a book on this called Worry 180 after I overcame it. And I realized I was living my life to overcome my ailment. I was living my life to overcome anxiety. And that is a crappy low, like that's such a low level goal. That's like people who go into AA and say, my sole purpose in life is to not use drugs again. My sole purpose in life is to not feel anxiety again. My sole purpose in life is to not have my ailment. Dude, you're not going to change the world with a selfish little goal like that around your little pity party thing that you want to. So I had this insight for myself. 
it's not just about overcoming my ailments, i.e. survival needs. It's about something way bigger, right? And the funny thing is I did all this stuff, meditation, psychotherapy, all this stuff to try and get my head straight when I was going through anxiety. I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried all these little hacks. And yeah, through my diet, through my meditation, through all these things I learned, the, the skills I wouldn't trade the world for that I learned when I was going through that suffering, I realized I had it all wrong. And I call them CMS, core motivating forces. As soon as I got clear on my insane, crazy maniac level goals, right? As soon as I became aware, oh crap, these are my real intentions. These are how I really intend to inspire the world. This is what I really intend to bring to the world in value, not just self-preservation. Immediately, the anxiety floated away in like a week after years of trying to overcome the anxiety. It just like floats out the door. So that sales job was actually when I really overcame anxiety because I was obsessed, obsessed over the goal that I'd set. I didn't have room for anxiety. I was so obsessed. And then all the little habits I learned along the way on how to overcome it, okay, great. That, that helped fuel the obsession, but it wasn't a repair mechanism, right? So your ailments, like, j let's just accept these are my ailments. Thank you, Lord, for giving me these ailments. Thank you, Lord, for giving me these things that I have to build skills around to become a better, more robust human being. Thank you. I'm so grateful for that because without it, I wouldn't have learned to meditate. Without it, I wouldn't have learned to exercise. Without it, I wouldn't have learned to blah, 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 blah. All these great coping mechanisms that you can apply to something way bigger. So this is another example of survival needs they have a very short half-life, meaning like you can't live your entire life. You can. It'll be pretty limited. You can't live your whole life going through ailment, ailment prevention. So I need everyone to make a commitment today. I need everyone to make a commitment today. I'm going to get reattached to the goal, especially the goal that I have whether it's around your health, your relationship, your faith, your business, your revenues, your profit, your take-home income, whatever that number one goal is, one's going to speak to you. I want you to get more attached to it than you ever have. Hug it. Bring it in close to you. Bring it to your chest. Bring it to your stomach. Bring it so close to you that you can't let go of it. Bring that goal that you're losing belief in. Bring the goal that you, you started kind of, you know, passively passively mentioning inside conversations don't really want to bring it up to others because it's too big i wrote down this morning and yesterday i'm worth 20 billion dollars i don't care go ahead guys criticize me it may not happen that's fine i don't i don't need to restrict my own self-talk because of what you think about it who cares 
if I don't take the actions behind it, then I don't deserve to get it. True or false? Right? True. It's on me. Come on. It's on me. It's on you. That shouldn't prevent you from dreaming. You say something, say something out loud to yourself or to someone you love that makes you feel like a fraud. Hey, honey, letting you know. Oh, actually, I'm going to tell Emily right now. Hey, honey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to be worth $20 billion. Which Hell is... yeah. <laughs> That's how it should be. Right? Most people are going to say, hell yeah. Heck yeah. Why isn't it 40? Yes, yesterday, Bill, I interviewed Grant Cardone. And towards the back half of the interview, I asked him why he was doing this big fund uh, that he's doing now where he's allowing non-accredited investors to invest. And Grant, I I said, how do you win, man? I know you don't do anything that's not a win for you. What's in it for you? And he shared that he, and he said it like he was talking about going and getting a cup of coffee at Starbucks, bro. He was like, I'm going to raise $250 billion. My management fee is 1%. That's $25 billion that Mike, that I'm going to get. And I'm going to take that $25 billion and I'm going to run for president of the United States of America in 2032. <laughs> Whoa. See, dude, I'm not even close to that. I mean, what? Crazy, right? <laughs> wow. And with and he said it. He said it with such conviction, Glenn. He yeah. did, man. It was just he rolled did. off his tongue. It was amazing. Glenn, can we rewatch that? Yeah, you can. You can catch it on my Facebook page, official Glenn Lundy. It'll also be on the Breakfast with Champions podcast in the next couple of days, so you can make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can catch it there. And Glenn made his first hire, Glenn, didn't he? He hired his first ambassador. You know who that was? He did indeed. He did hire his first ambassador. I told him I. I couldn't be his campaign manager. I got a business to run, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be an ambassador for him. <laughs> hey, you That's know amazing. what, ladies and gentlemen, one other thing about this: when you start shooting moonshots out there like this, it's not just inspiring, but it's attractive. And then you start getting people giving you things and working behind the scenes without you even knowing about it to elevate you further. So uh, I'm witnessing that personally, and it's amazing. So. This is C-Rock. Yeah, vision is a service, my friends. Remember this. If you're don't, if you not being public about your vision, you're doing a disservice to those around you because you're being covert. You're being secretive, right? Vision is a service. That's why the chief executive officer role is the highest paid role in the business. Think about this. The visionary, right? The visionary is the person who looks around corners and creates the commitments, right? A visionary does two things. They commit. They articulate and they step away. They commit to the goal. They articulate a little bit of detail as to what that goal means, how we're going to get it done step by step, quarter by quarter, year over year. And then they step away and they mobilize teams to have that vision executed, right? Plan, brief, execute, debrief. So, um, you know, vision is a service. Get more attached to it. Um, I had, this is so funny. I had like, um, I had like a lot of people last week and then I'll pass this over, um, I didn't see in the message section, there was the requests messages. 
So I thought like no one messaged me uh, for the Saturday workshop thing that I was going to do. So I didn't hold it. <laughs> but then I looked and there was like a hundred messages in there um, of people. Uh, I told you guys last week, I was going to break down how we do webinars and, and events like that. So now I know that there's the separate section of the, uh, of the back channel. Um, so what, what you guys can do, if you want to learn uh, webinars, I'm not doing it this Saturday because of Glenn's event. Um, I, I'm going to do it just a following Saturday, just at some other time. Maybe we'll pull Glenn in there as a, as a guest speaker on a, on a Saturday. Um, I'm just going to break down how we do virtual events. So if you want that, just uh, DM me the word Saturday in either Instagram or, um, or in, uh, in the back channel here. That's all I got, guys. Stay great and get committed to the goal. Let's go. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.